Hello, welcome back to the boys of 161st Street. Yankees with another sweep against the Red Sox. That's 10 straight games we've won against the Red Sox. No shocker there. Honestly, the series is kind of boring because they stink at baseball. But, you know, whatever. Yankees win. Six-game winning streak, I think it is overall. Not bad. Let's talk about it. All right, let's unpack this one. Lots to talk about. The oh. rivalry. Yeah, air quotes around so the rivalry. Call. So-called rivalry. I mean, they look just... I mean, I know we, we can't... You know, we, we needed this. Because we came into this absolutely struggling, obviously, minus the, the two-game set against the Braves. But we needed that against the Braves, and we needed a nice four-game sweep against anybody. And thank you, Red Sox, because now we're feeling better than we were coming off a bad series against the Rays last time. And now we're going against the Rays. We'll, pre- we'll preview that towards the end of this. But let's unpack a lot before we get into all that jazz. How you feeling, Murph? You know, never can complain when you sweep the Red Sox. Never. That's a It's a shell of the Red Sox. Fine. But <laughs> I want to make a it, it was one of those weird series where, like, I wasn't hoping that the Yankees swept or hoping that the Yankees won. I was expecting it. Like, if... We dropped one of those games. I don't care how, with what lineup, with who pitching, whatever. Like, it's not even a disappointment. That's just like, that shouldn't happen, period. So, took care of business. Kind of, like you said, a little bit of a boring series. But, you know, with... And that's, them, that's, not, that's not due to the Yankees. That's due to just the no, Red no, no, Sox no, being no, bad. No, the Red Sox are absolutely pitiful. It's like, yeah. almost, it's, it's, sad. it's sad. Like, you want a rival to be good, and they're just not. Yeah, and, but I mean, I think yeah. in terms of a rivalry game, then yeah, it was a little boring. But in terms of baseball, in terms of the Yankees getting hot, I loved it. I mean, I was I was super excited. I was super excited to watch all these games because you know we we see. I know the the elephant in the room is Clint Frazier going off that mm-hmm. series. Um, Gabriel Torres coming back. We're gonna, we're gonna talk. We're gonna talk about all this stuff, but. Um, I don't know. I had a. I enjoyed watching all these guys come out and, and just fucking like rake. And a lot of these guys needed that. I feel like this was a big series for a lot of these players. Next who, man up. Yeah, next man up guys who are not the DJ Lemayhews, the Aaron Judges of the world. Like they, Aaron Judge and DJ Lemayhew were literally carrying this team up until this Boston series. And I was so excited to watch this because it was a big, big, big turnaround for guys like Clint. Um, Gary, Glaber, like all these guys needed to show out. Voight, like yeah, a lot of the players, like you said, were were doing well, and Judge and DJ were carrying the team. And honestly, the Red Sox just helped out all of our guys who were slumping, which is huge. And we, I said it was the next man up on full display again, but and, and they are. It's like exactly what was going on in 2019. But at what point does it become not the next man up? And it's just the Yankees have ridiculous depth because guys like Gio Urshela, I talked about on last episode, potential to be a top five third baseman currently. I mean, it, it could be argued anyway, but he's definitely playing great baseball offensively and defensively. 
and just guys like that, the Talkmans of the world who are getting recognition well, you, now. Like, at, what point do you, at what point do you get the recognition? Like, how long do you have to be doing this next man up thing to not be a next man up anymore, to be a bona fide starter? And we say it all the time with Clint. Clint could be a starter on 50% of the teams, and if he was straight to the Texas Rangers tomorrow, he's batting five. So at what point is it no longer the next man, next man up stigma, and it's like, no, these guys are just good at baseball. Well, see, I don't see it that way. Yeah, it's a little different. Like, talk to me, talk to me, Goose. Like, Gio Urshela is—he has passed the next man up um, category, in my opinion. He's—he is a starter. He's not the next man up anymore. He was next man up last season because that was his breakout season. Now he's just a starting third baseman, one of the best in the league. Like, there's no, there's no debating that. Talkman for like, I think the Talkmans of the world, like, he. I think you need to be like classified as an everyday starter to not be able to be the next man up, next man up guy. Because when someone goes down, for instance, Giancarlo Stanton, who's the next guy coming up to take his place and perform? It's Mike Talkman. Like that's yeah. well, Mike. Yeah, but in that space directly, it was Mike Talkman. Then Clint came up afterwards, but Mike Talkman was really filling that role in the outfield and switching it out, especially for Brett Garner. Like in the beginning of the season. Brett Garner was supposed to be our starting outfielder. He's underperforming so that now Talkman comes up and now he is the next man up. And until that process kind of, you get that spot nailed down, you're just the next man up. See, that's the thing. We, you said the uh, next man up stigma, and I feel like that puts a bad connotation on it. I feel like the next man up is the attitude that the Yankees have, and it's the reason that they're so successful. It's mentality. I feel like at this point, you could throw anybody into pinstripes. Anybody. And like just the culture anywhere in the level and they come up and they do well. We haven't seen anybody come up and not do well except for Andahar. Yeah. He's like the only, he's the only one he's struggling, whatever, but yeah, it's all over the place and every position you, we have a, when we're healthy, we have a top 15 player in every single position on the field. Yeah. And it, then it is a mentality. they aren't healthy. We have people that can come and come and sub in just as easily. It, it, it's a really, really good thing to have, especially going into playoff baseball. Yeah. I mean, it has only been a couple of games. It's been six-game winning streak. We just swept two teams in a row. Great. Love that. But to play devil's advocate a little bit, it's the Red Sox. They stink. They're arguably worse than the Orioles this year. They are statistically worse than the Orioles this year. And it was against the struggling Braves who didn't have a Cunha or Albies. So if you want to look at it from that perspective, I wouldn't, I'd pump the brakes a little bit. I'm obviously sitting here dancing, celebrating, wind, wind dance, repeat, all that. But... We did face one team that's good that we got to break, a big break, two big breaks, and then the Red Sox just stink. So very interesting to see where the Yankees take this going into an obvious good team and a good team that's also pretty hot too right now. Yeah, in the Rays. So, but it was much. It was much needed to win these games. But and also especially with the shortened season, like I don't give a fuck. Like a win's a win. Like I'm, not, I yeah. I think given a 162 game season, we can kind of play that card of oh the teams weren't that good, you know we won a couple of games against them, whatever. But with this 60 game season, like all these games matter so much, even if it's in the division, especially if it's in the, in the division. Like all of these games matter. Oh, just, I know they matter. Much. I'm just saying, That's why- just pump the brakes a tad in that how much we're riding high after this because obviously we're riding high, but we got a game. But very, it's all momentum. Very quick turnaround going into tomorrow. Big momentum needed it. That's all I'm saying. 
bigger test tomorrow with the next man up. If we if we're throwing a lot like the lineup we had in the last game here, I'm not gonna read it out, but it had the likes of Tyro Estrada who playing really well. But if I see that lineup tomorrow, then I, I'm not confident. Like today, I saw the lineup. I said to Damon, like, ah, whatever. It's going for the sweep. Game four against the Red Sox, they stink. We're playing TBD on the mound. Like, not a big deal. We're gonna win no matter what. If I see that tomorrow, like that, that doesn't translate to a win tomorrow against Snell. I'm however gonna, many innings he no does way. pitch, but you know what that I mean. That won't like, be that won't be the lineup tomorrow. Though. Yeah, Gio, that. and I and now I understand why they gave Gio a rest, why they gave Talkman a rest until the end. Um, I mean, quick turnaround tomorrow. Big three game set. Excited to see the energy they bring. I have a six game winning streak. Love to see it. And a, definitely good, better than good pitching uh, matchups as well. So I'm excited to see that. Yeah, you got Snell, Snell and Tanaka, then Glasnow versus Cole, then TBD versus Paxton. Right. Yep, that's exactly what it was. So you guys want to get into awards? Let's get into it. Let's, Let's get start into off awards. with awards. So. Uh, you want to you want to start with a good award? Or you start let's with start the bad off award? good. I'm, I'll start off. Let's start off good. Start off good. Start off good. All right. Which award do we want to give away first? All right. We'll give away. The, we'll give away this one. Over from. I want people to be afraid of how much they love me. Uh, we don't really. Have, and we call this the belt, giving away the championship belt, like the Yankees do. You could just call it like the Michael Scott Award. It's just it's the good guy. Who was the good guy this week to be named later? Well. What do you got, Murphy? You'll go first. So the way we'll do this is you go first, and then it'll rotate for the bad guy so I can just go. I, I can't speak right now. <laughs> Who you got? Who you like this week, Murphy? So, I'm Damon, I was really hoping you were going to go first. I wanted to give the you the honors to say his name, but Clint, I don't think there's – I think he was the obvious choice for good guy of the week. He came up and proved why he should be in the, in the majors. On a permanent basis, he fielded just fine, and he hit the cover off the ball. And I think everybody loved to see it. So I think fielding, guy I think fielding just fine is an understatement, in my opinion. Yeah, he made some damn good plays. He looked really. He fielded like immaculately. He he did exactly his job. He fielded, and that's exactly like a. That's what that's what we that's what we want out of the guy. I'm not asking him to go out there and be a gold glover. Like he fielded just fine. He fielded exactly how. Yeah, he, he yeah. fielded great. I think he looked really confident out there. Um, he made two really good plays. I mean, the one diving catch mm-hmm. in the shallow right field. Then he made a last catch in right center field um, at the end of this game that we just watched. Um, both were a little, you know, I think over stylized, but they're they're amazing plays. I think that's like you need to be able to make those a little bit tough plays that, you know, require you to dive a little bit silo silo a bit. But again, he's not going to be a, uh, a gold glover, but I'm just, I'm happy that he kind of went out there and showed that he was capable of being a, a outfielder. He's not making errors. Exactly. Long he's not story short, he's not making errors. And that's all you want out of Clint with a bat like that. Yeah. With a plus bat like that, if he's not going to make an error, he is the starter in the outfield. Change my mind. That's going to be a post later. You just can't take. You cannot take him out right now. And if right now, Aaron Boone, with who we have, if Boone does that, right I now, swear, absolutely not. With with Stanton and Judge out, absolutely you cannot take him out. When they come back, you know, different that, story. That, different that's going to take him out of a couple games here and there. I don't. They're not going to make him the everyday starter, but he's going to get plenty of at bats. Why not? 
When who comes yeah. back? When Stanton comes back, you said? Stanton and Judge come back, yeah. Okay. Because they, why, they why need Stanton? to slide him in the DH. Stanton spot. after this injury. Because that, that brings talk, up a whole conversation right now. You need Hicks in there. You need Talkman in there. You need Judge in there. Okay, you know, let's, let's talk. talk. No, let's talk. So, so you think- this is a legitimate conversation because a lot of people are saying, what is Clint's role when Stanton comes back? And so when Stanton comes back, Contrary to last time, he gets sent down. He's absolutely on this roster. If they get, if they send him down, on the roster, 100%. everybody is rioting. But when Stanton comes back, I was a, I was a big, big supporter of Stanton, saying that he could play the outfield, he could do all these things because he has in the past. I, like I said before, it is getting increasingly hard to defend this guy, and I am not gonna. I'm gonna sit on the sidelines defending him from here on out. And with that being said. I don't think he can play the outfield anymore. So when he comes back, he is a DH, and that is a yeah, fact. So, that, so him coming back doesn't take away from Clint's potential to start in the outfield. So when Judge comes back, it becomes a Clint versus Talkman debate, and that's right. completely up, up to you guys. I don't know who you'd rather take one-on-one, but honestly, if Clint's making average plays out there, I know Talkman is one of our most plus defenders, and the bat is also playing phenomenally. I, I have an award for him later. And a lefty. Uh, and a lefty. There's a lot of pluses, and it's, it, it's a legitimate debate. There's pros and cons to both sides, and honestly, I don't think there's, I don't think there's a right answer. But I, I think... I, I think. Saying. Hold on. That's hear me out. Hear me out. I think with Clint's bat and the, the ceiling that he has versus the floor that Talkman has... So the, the Clint's ceiling is so much higher, and his potential is so much higher with that bat. And if he's playing average defense, then that's all you got to worry about is the bat. Versus Talkman, you know what you're getting out of him. I really don't think the potential as much is there. And I think Talkman's floor is much lower. Like, he could get much worse offensively. It, sure. it obviously goes in the inverse when you talk about the defensive stuff. But I'm a guy who prefers... The bat, I mean, Chicks dig the long ball. I like Clint's bat. I think it's elite. And I think he, I think he is our left fielder for years to come. Gardner is not going to be on. He's probably not going to be on this team next year, let alone the conversation this year. But for years, in, the, in terms of years to come, I'm taking Clint as the everyday left fielder for the next six-plus years. Let me ask you a question. I, I just thought about this, and I probably should have saved it for later. But if... Talkman is playing really well right now. Mm-hmm. Like he is really, really, really outperforming everything. He's becoming oh, I got an award super clutch. Like super clutch. Like he is playing phenomenally right now. I got an award for him. So I'm not saying that. I'm just saying like if Talkman continues to play the way he's playing right now, and Clint Frazier continues to absolutely tear the stitches off the ball, and then Stan comes back, like. What do you do? Like, are we better off without Stanton? No. Okay. That was ridiculous. So Stan, when Stanton comes back, to answer your question, no. Stan, Giancarlo Stanton what do you is do? a fantastic baseball player. He's one of the best ones we have. His bat is second to none, and he was playing damn good baseball before he got hurt. And he's going to be fine. He's going to come back, and we're going to use him for the playoffs. We're not going to sit him. But when Stanton comes back, he doesn't. his presence does not alter Clint and Talkman's playing time in terms does, of the in terms of the outfield in terms does. of can you let me finish in terms of the outfield does. in terms of the outfield position it does not in the, the DH yes 
But well, when when have you seen, when have you seen Talkman DH? Not Talkman is you, not. A, no, but you don't. But you see Clint DH. I, when I was left. getting there, asshole. So, it so does, my it, next it point, I, it changes Clint. But I yeah. think that's the only thing. It doesn't change Talkman. And I think if Clint wins the outfield battle outright, then it doesn't affect him at all. It's, I think it's either. I don't. I, I think they're going to platoon it either way. I think it's going to be a situation with Voight and Ford because Voight and Ford are both playing damn good baseball. But Thank you. That's all I've been trying to say for a little Yeah, I don't think minutes. there has That to... was my original point, oh, okay. was that Clint is not the bona fide starter at least this year. Down the road, who knows? Yeah. But Clint is... You said Clint's going to be the starter to change her mind. Clint is not going to be the bona fide starter this year because Talkman is playing out of his mind, especially well, down when Stan and Judge come back because... When, because he could be the starter at DH if Stanton's gone and Judge is back, he would be probably the everyday DH if he still hits the same way. Then when Stanton comes back, then he's probably going to have to split time platooning between left field, maybe playing a little right field if Judge needs a day off, and then plugging in at DH if Stanton needs a day off. He's going to be working those three positions and still getting as much playing time as as Talkman. But they're going to be split, so nobody's going to be yeah. the starter. I meant I meant to change my mind for the future, but yes, I know, and that's and that's what I was trying to get at too. Is that it's it's going to be a forward void situation? They're going to platoon because no one is a correct answer, like I said. And I mean, they're both playing very good baseball right now, so it's hard to say like, oh, Clint's playing fantastic baseball, and that's just that. That's the end of the story. But Talkman's got some fucking dirty stats that we can talk about later. I got to... I'll get into my award for him because my award for him is I'm going to give him the belt as well because his slash line as a starter this year, he's batting 405 with a 436 on base and a 541 slugging in 37 at bats as a starter this season. That's him as a starter. Obviously, his stats are different just overall because he gets split time and he gets pinch hits and he comes in halfway through the game for defense. But as a starter, he's batting 405. That's ridiculous. So that's why I'm saying, and, and don't get me wrong, Clint's stats are ridiculous too because I have a little stat nug for you. Clint's war right now is .6. And I know Damon has a good stat about this too, and he'll get to that after. But Clint's war at the moment is .6 in four games played. Well, five now. I don't know what baseball reference we're recording it the night yeah, of this game, so it, has, it hasn't added this in. So he didn't do so much today, but... It's probably going to be 0.6. War is hard to come by. So 0.6 in four, five games played. Clint has the same war as Christian Yelich, George Springer, Alex Bregman, Jose Altuve, <laughs> Cody Bellinger, Ronald Acuna, and Carlos Correa combined. Wow. Well, and, Acuna's been out, but... No, yeah. and, and, and Acuna's played 18 games. So yes, yeah. So the total combined games of all those names that I listed, which is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven names, all perennial MVP candidates, all played the least amount of games for one of these players was seventeen. A total of one hundred and thirty-eight games combined versus Clint's five, and Clint has more WAR than all of them combined. That is unbelievable. But here's I love to hear that, <laughs> and that that's that's crazy. But also just kind of. Piggybacking off of that, what what I was going into was like, because I'm really focused on on the Yankee kind of position battle right now, and what I was looking up was right now through the the games Clint Frazier has played, he has a higher WAR than Aaron Hicks, Mike Talkman, Brett Gardner, 
Gary Sanchez and Gio Urshela combined right now? Gio? Combined. What we're saying is Clint Frazier Frazier is is playing exceptional baseball right now, and he deserves to be in the conversation to, at the very least, like we said, Murphy, platoon in left field. And I don't think Stanton coming back, I don't think that changes the left field position at all. It doesn't, but it affects his playing time. It affects the platoon. It limits yeah. his plate appearances because yes. he's the DH when Stanton's gone. If Agreed. Talkman's in left. Agreed. But well, it kind of does because it's easier to put Talkman in left and have Clint DH. If Stanton's back, then they're going to have to split more time. Whereas when Stanton's out, then Talkman can play left and Clint can DH. Don't get so me wrong. It, it does. Giancarlo Stanton, when he comes back, is the DH primary every single day. One hundred percent. But that makes that means Clinton can't DH. So, so Clint's when they're yes. playing in the outfield, or he's not playing. Agreed. Yeah. And I think that's just the way it's going to be. So I it, think it that's the way. Yes. The All right. My bad. I'm just saying it, it didn't affect. It does. It, it completely affects him because it affects his overall playing time. Not as not the. It doesn't give him any less or any more spots in the outfield. Like starts that true. day. Like, the amount of starts he's going to make in left field is going to be the same. It's just no. when he's not starting in left field, he's not going to be playing. That's it. No, 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 no. That's, no, it, no he, it, it will. Because he's more. He's going to have more starts at DH, and Talkman's going to have more starts in left field because Talkman's the better fielder, and the DH spot's open. No, I get it. I'm just saying when he's what? not – when he, the only playing time Clint is going to get is if he plays in the outfield because of Stanton. If he comes back. Which yeah, he's gonna so he back. would have less time. Yes, I know. I'm saying overall yeah. playing time. I'm agreeing with you, Murph. Yeah. We're on the same page here. <laughs> we're, we're going nowhere with this. We're on I the think same, he we're, has more playing time. I, he has more playing time when stands out because he absolutely. Can That's, yeah, we're saying the same thing. We're talking about the same thing, Murph. We're talking about the same thing. What's your award? Because I already jumped the gun on mine. I gave mine to to uh, Talkman. Yeah, um, I gave I gave the belt to to Glaber this 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 week. Um, I know he had a couple errors that kind of de- devalued his performance the past couple of days, but the kid's raking, man. Like, he, in this Boston series alone, I think he was 8 for 12. Not including tonight. Not including tonight. Well, no, that, that is concluding tonight. So, to be 8 for 13, including tonight. Is it? Yeah. That is... Fucking incredible! He was eight for thirteen in the Boston series, and in the last six last six games, he was ten for nineteen with a five point two six average, and he had six walks and three RBIs. Yeah, he's batting six fifteen. Like this guy is locked in right now. This was a series that was made for him. He needed this more than anybody else because because Glaber is the guy who we all want to be the superstar next to Aaron Judge for our foreseeable future. He is our guy. And yeah. to see him underperform in the beginning of the se- in the beginning of the season was a little worrying to be quite honest. I think every Yankee fan out there was like what the hell is going on? And in these past 6 games, and especially in this Boston series, he fucking needed this to then come out and play the rest of the season. Like this was a big confidence booster for him. And regardless, regardless of the errors out there, Rel, you mentioned it before. The bat plays bigger than the fielding. Glaber, that's he, just to he, me. Well, yeah, but I think that so not true. It's so completely 
Well, the, the glove matters a lot. It, it matters, but <laughs> but I think that it's harder to figure out how to hit a baseball in the field of ground ball. And he's at he's playing shortstop. He's not going to go anywhere. He's playing shortstop. Like yeah, there's there's, there's no there's no I position have, battle at shortstop. He's going to figure my it out. Problems with his defense. We'll get well, yeah, but, later, but but he's but the thing is, it's so weird because he makes those tough plays and then he misses a a throw high. Which is just so weird, but he's exactly like Devers is. But yeah. I, I want to get into this later. Yeah, but. but I'm giving it to him because this was a series that he really needed, and he performed. And I hope the momentum continues through the series with the Rays. I'm with you there. He really needed it. We were talking about it last week, two weeks ago. Like, who do we need to figure it out? And it was Glaber and Gary. And Gary figured it out to a way lesser extent than Glaber did, but. I'd rather have Glaber hot than Gary at this point. Yeah, because so, uh, Glaber's again, big, like he's he is that you know he's the other superstar on our team that we need to perform, and th- it was just it was a big series for him, and he deserves every bit of it. Yeah, absolutely. And Glaber, I mean, you see it just at face value here. You see he was batting under a hundred or around a hundred, and tonight you look at the fucking scoreboard and he's batting two fifty four. So that yeah. alone is just. Insane because he, I mean, he's a career like 272 to like around 270 hitter. So, right, if you're batting 254 and you were considered to be slumping like ab- like nobody's business you're right and you're right there, it does you, a lot for your confidence. You figured you think it out. He doesn't see, you think he doesn't see his batting average plastered at the back of the every Yankee time. Stadium every there? time he's he up. every time, and that number gets in your head. He's a young guy, yeah, that, that matters to him. So, yeah, when he, he goes up and he sees he's hitting 250 as opposed to 186, yeah, he's. Got the confidence back. It, and, I mean, everybody yeah. cares about that. No matter how old you are, young guy or yeah. not, you see those numbers on the big board just like everybody else does. And they, yeah. they you can't even tell me that those don't play a factor in how you're playing. Your approach is yeah. different. Your everything's different. So I'm so Stay happy he was able to figure it out because now going into this, I expect him to break the fuck out. And not he's already been breaking out. And I use the term breakout loosely because obviously last year he was killing it. But... I think he's going to just tear the cover off the ball next series. He's going to be a big reason why we smoke the Rays in the next series. And but. it's so important because this series with the Rays is arguably the most important series of the entire so series far. season. 100%. And so far, again, like down the At road, least. down the road, things are going to change. But to this point, this is the most important series we've yeah, had we're so close. far. We're, close well, they're, with they're them. we're only two games behind. Two games, two games ahead. On us right now, yeah, right? two games. It's yeah. going it, to, that's, that series could go. In any direction, that's going to change. We could go up five games on them, or they could come. They yeah, could come it's back. huge. You know, I, you know what yeah, I wish though. Series. You know what I wish though. If if the series mattered a little more, because I mean, if if the playoff format wasn't expanded like this, every single game would have a playoff feel. Like, could you imagine the feel of this series that upcoming right now? It's this is winner go home. Uh, this is winner. You're a wild card possibly, and wild card isn't a gimme because. Every team is right there with you because it's such a small yeah. amount of games. I mean, yeah. So, so if the game, yeah. at most. if it's regular playoff format, this series upcoming has a fucking playoff feel. Like we are, like we cannot lose a single game. That's how we feel. But now, I mean, realistically, I, I care a lot, but in reality, it doesn't matter all that much because two teams, the top two teams, make it. We're going to be the top two teams. I mean, you see, the Orioles, Blue Jays, and Red Sox are not going to take that two seed. And I mean, it's up to you guys to determine like how much does home field really matter. I mean, not. Yeah. I mean, it, but I mean, dude, they're, you say they're it doesn't, but we're ten and zero. Yeah, well, we're, actually, we're ten and zero at home. No, you're actually right. 
I don't because, know how much that means. I don't know. I don't know how much that's circumstance or how much it is Yankees winning at home because I don't really. I know you get to sleep in well, your we don't own bed at, at night. Top. Yeah, but that's I don't. I don't the drop know is how harder much. to hit. Like it's like there. There's. Well, the, the turf, the turf also situation also, too. With also, Judge has been a big issue. Dome, since it's the dome and the way the dome's set up, apparently it's really hard to pick up the ball, and if you're not used to it, so the Rays kind of do have a little bit of yeah. Home field and you know the dyn- the but any any home field you play the play you play there the most often. That's gonna play a factor, no matter if there's sure. fans there, no matter what's going on. You are more used to that. That's why the Rays probably have home field advantage because they play in the turf all the time. Aren't we? Still, we're still undefeated at home, right? Yeah. We're ten and zero. Yeah, we we're just saying we're ten, 10 and zero. So th- that's what I was saying. Like I, I know I was just saying it doesn't really matter that much for both of the playoffs eventually, and there's no fans there anyway because it's not going to be like a game where we're playing in the Bronx and you got me, you guys, and the crowd just screaming, just, it's just like, tossing it's a beers around. Thing. I don't know. I think it's more of it loses its luster a little bit. So that's why. The pressure is kind of off. However, obviously, we're the Yankees. We want to be in first place. We want to be the number one team because it just if you see the Rays on top of them and then they get that little boost of confidence that they've been like the little brother for the longest time. And then all of a sudden, they're like, oh, we, we came in first. Like, oh, we're so great. Like, fuck you guys. That That's the reason why I yeah. want to win, just to be like, just sit back. Just fuck you guys. You're not, you're not shit. Blake Snell, suck a fart. Like, get out of my face. Like, all that. That's the reason why I don't want them to win. It's less about home field advantage. It's more about fuck the Rays. That's how. That's how I. Feel I, I agree, but the home field advantage. Yeah. I think it, it, it's big. Even because think about think about it this way. If if this was in different sport and if it was football, I don't think home field advantage would matter at all because the dimensions of the field are the same exact size. I disagree. Yep. It's virtually the same oh, thing with, with no crowd. Yeah. Yeah. Say, yeah. I, say, I think I, it, I think it is. You're, you think that if, if the football game had no fans, home field advantage would matter more than baseball with no, no fans? It's still 100 I, yards I, I'm, by I'm 53 and a it's half. It's still 100 yards. I know. I'm, I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm saying I don't think home field matters, period, that much. I 100% dis- disagree with that. You're, you're, talking well, about, you're talking about every single baseball field has a different dimension and different size in the outfield. I get that. That's the only thing. That's huge. But that's something. That's, that's something. something. That's it's a different feel. It's a different... It's a, not a lot. No, it's, it's a different hitting close. view. It's a different hitting view in center field. Everyone has a different batter's eye. It's a different feel. It's a different atmosphere. All right, whatever. You're playing the Colorado. The Yankees are 10-0. Clearly right, fucking gonna, matters. Gonna, it, that's it? What? I'd actually I'm not going to keep talking about this with you. Just I'm saying. saying the Yankees are 10 0. You're clearly right about something. Just saying. I have, I had one more thing to say about uh, fucking the Rays series. I'm done. We gotta move on. I want to give away my bad awards. I'm already mad. I'm ready Why to give you away. Relax my- about the bad awards over there. I think there's this series matters a little bit. Definitely with the home field, sure, but I think just the overall feeling of where we're at compared to the rest of the league. Where if we're five games up on the AL East and we're sitting at 19 and or uh, yeah, 19 and six, it would be if we swept them compared to. Uh, Bad math here, but sixteen and eight, like those are big differences uh, in record and in division standing. Division, so, yeah. I think that's just going to change. Like after this series, no matter what, it's going to change the uh, direction of the season, no matter what. And I think a sweep here would go a long way for the. Yep. End. So let's get into the bad awards. No arms or legs is basically how you exist right now, Kevin. You don't do anything. <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna laugh every time we talk about that, but 
So to start off, this is the Kevin Malone Award. It goes to the worst player who clearly has no arms, no legs, and basically doesn't do anything. And I'm going to give my Kevin Malone Award to not one person. Oh, boy. But I'm going to give it to the Yankees with bases loaded. The Yankees have had, in the first inning specifically, the Yankees in the first inning, and we've all noticed it, but I have a stat to back this up here. I've been just screaming we have loaded the bases, and we either hit a home run or nothing in the first or second inning. But specifically in the first inning, the Yankees have had 10 plate appearances with bases loaded in the first inning this season, the most in the MLB. We've hit one home run, we have one hit by pitch, and one sack fly. Nothing besides that. Yeah, a little unconventional, but you need to say it. It's a problem. That's going to be the Kevin Malone. I, oh, is it so much to ask for to just give me a little fucking... Anything. A slapper to opposite field. Just give me this little risp. Little runners in scoring position. Give me a fucking single. DJ LeMay, he was the only one who can get that single in that spot. Everybody else is looking you at You don't even need a single. Just put the bat in the ball. No, I would like a single. That's what I want. I want a single. Because a single scores two. You probably got weight on second or something. You put him out there. I'm just saying, just give me... Like I feel like everybody else in the Yankees are, are so caught up with being a home run hitter and when they see bases loaded they want to hit the grand slam so mm-hmm. it makes them even more tunnel visioned on that and that's why you that's why you see the stat as 10 plate appearances one hit one home run that's it like they're only looking for the home run and that's that's the only thing they're looking for it's just ridiculous a, to me. a lot of that had to do with glaber struggling because he was hitting five a lot five six for a lot of it and i felt like every time i had to get watch the game in the first it was up with the bases loaded in one or two outs, and he was getting out. But he was also just struggling in general. So I think that's going to change. That's kind of like a fluke thing that definitely sucks, but, you know, we'll get by it. What are your awards? I mean, mine goes to Gardner. The guy The guy is done. I, I don't think there's a spot for him right now. I, I hate to say it. I know, Burf, we've been talking back and forth about yeah, no. His spot in the team and, you know, his possibly his last season and he's been this this Yankee for so long and never want to take anything away from the guy, but you know, we just spent fifteen minutes arguing about who was gonna be the starting left fielder and Brett Garner's name didn't come up once. No, I'm with you. He's at the beginning of the season I was uh at least on the team of not counting him out. It's been long enough where, you know, he's He's a minus when he's in the field and in the lineup now. So I don't hate seeing his name in there still. I still have a lot of love for Guardy, but yeah, I mean, with the again, we have, with, you know, with the, yeah, yeah, like you said, good, like with the options we have, it's tough to justify putting him out there, especially with Clint Frazier and Talkman playing the way they're playing right now. Yeah, I think you, that's, you, that's, you can't put him out there. And nailing Gardner's coffin was, uh, was Frazier coming up and hitting like he has been. And yeah. if he keeps that up, then Gardner is not going to find his way into the lineup very often at all. Yeah. And it's, it sucks yeah. to say, but it's, I just don't think there's a, there's an opportunity for him to really go out there. And no, you're right. I, yeah. I just think there's so many different players who deserve to be out there more. There's different players who I'd prefer to be out there just based on production value. And it's, I just don't think Brett Gardner is going to be the guy for us this season. Right? No, he'll be useful to plug in here and there until Judge comes back and 
at least until Stanton comes back, maybe. But I think once Judge maybe, comes but back, even at he's that not going to be in the lineup at all. Yeah, even you know when Judge yeah. comes back, we still have, you know, we still have four or five outfielders who can who can play before Gardner. If we're talking about, oh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, and Duhar's not the greatest option out there. He looked like shit out shown there. today. He does not know how to read a fly ball, which I feel awful for him about because I feel like he's getting a really bad rep after his amazing rookie season. But that's a whole different conversation. But um, yeah, Brett Gardner gets Kevin Malone Ward for me. Um, hate to say it, but needed to be said. Yeah, no. Who you got, Murphy? So I had the uh, I had Michael King. Um, he just it's less of like a stat based thing. You, I, I don't know his ERA was a seven before today. I, don't, I think it probably went down after his inning or two today. But he, I, I just don't have a lot of confidence in him at all, no matter what the score is. I I believe. Uh, yeah, he did allow a run today in three innings. He he has a use, I guess, in terms of he can chew up some innings in the middle of the game, but I just have no confidence when he comes in. When he came in after um, Avilon today, he like I was just like, oh, this is, there's going to be a run here at least. Do you and think he can figure it out, though, to, to like I do think right he now? can figure it out. I, I will say that. I, it was more for lack of I, – I had uh, – oh, excuse me. I had Gardner on my list, so – uh, King kind of came second there. It, there's not a lot of people that you can look at. I guess you could say also Andahar is just not showing yeah. anybody anything. Well, the, he could be in there too. But. Yeah, the thing with King is like he – I feel like a lot of this is um, – it's a lot of hype. You know, mm-hmm. you know Mike, Mike King, these young rookies coming up where we expect so much from the beginning and then we immediately kind of just – cross them off the list and, and say, I'm not saying you're doing that. I'm not saying anything, but like, no, I'm not, it's, yeah. it's a, like, for instance, Clark Schmidt, he's been lights out, right? Sure. If he gets called up, which I hope he does. And he plays like shit one game and everyone starts to be like, Oh, yeah. he's a fluke. What? Like I would lose it. Like you need to give these guys the benefit thing. of the doubt. And um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm just, that's the thing I'm nitpicking here. And this award makes a lot of sense because we can come up with people, but right now and it's like, week by week. They're kind of, we're kind of firing on all cylinders, barring injuries. And That's what I was it's kind of hard to find like who's really bad. So and has got, and, I just looked it up. He's got like a mid six ERA. That's not horrible for a guy that can eat innings. So yeah, there's not too much to complain about, but I guess yeah. he's in there. No, that's exactly why I gave the Yankees as a whole. The, like I couldn't pinpoint one specific player who was doing poorly on the Yankees because they are all hitting on all cylinders, and I mean, it's it's hard to pick a Kevin Malone award when we're on a six-game winning streak, and this episode only covers four games. So you know what? That was our little taste of reality. Check the Yankees out. See what they're at. Bring them back a little bit. But now let's get back into some real stuff. So give away some personal awards. Murph, you want to start us off with your first personal award? Yeah. Um, sorry, I wrote down the name. I almost forgot it. Uh, I just want to make sure I get it right. Yeah. The uh, Wounded Warrior Award. The Wounded Wounded Warrior. Warrior. Nice. Tell me why. Tyler Estrada. Oh, he got (laughs) shot? Is that that because he got shot? Yeah, he got shot in the (laughs) leg. He keeps playing baseball. That's Um, funny. Yeah, no, it was like, (laughs) I never know what to think of him. I He always kind of exceeds my expectations. And today, you know, he went yard, so I figured he was deserving of the Wounded Warrior Award. You know, the Wounded Warriors embezzle money. That, that's, that, really that's, a, that's a conversation for another time. That's really funny. 
Yeah, no. I, I got another one actually. While while I'm on the clock shot. here, do you want to do the other one as well? No, I mean, yeah, you know what? Well. You know what? With it's Tyra, not, it's though? not really that. The second one's not as good. I'm sorry to disappoint. I was trying to come in guns a blazing, but um, the Butterfingers Award to Glaber. Mm. Most oh. errors of any shortstop in the league. I think he had two today. He's yeah. at six right now, I he believe. Has, no, he's six. At, yeah, he has six yeah. on the year. Six, six, six I mean, on the year. I think that's something to... that's going to get figured out. But oh, yeah, yeah, I wanted to talk more about that. So why don't we just get into it right now? Because how, how concerned are you guys with Glaber's fielding? Because he's he has six errors tied for second in the MLB. Only he leads all shortstops by a, a good margin, and he's only behind Devers, who has eight. So I would be way more worried if he hasn't been hitting so well within the uh-huh. last week. Because if he was hitting 130, 150, and six errors, that's kind of panic mode. But thankfully, he, two of those errors came today, correct? Yeah. Yeah. He, he had, had two today? Yeah, he so had four thankfully, before today. You know, they're kind of going in the opposite direction where his fielding's not doing great, but he's starting to hit the ball. Uh, definitely concerned about it, but we also know he can field. Uh, yeah. Hopefully, it doesn't turn into like a yips situation where he can't make the throw. <sighs> the or something, yips. But. I am. I'm only going to be concerned if this continues to be a problem when we're in the the 50 game stretch and we're going into the playoffs. Yeah, because right now we we proved today, we proved time and time again we can score runs. The Yankees can score runs. That's a fact, and. We can also pick up everyone else on the team. You see, Glaber made an error in the first inning, and then they'll play right afterwards. We pick each other up, like, I yeah. and then we score, you know, a million runs. Like, I'm not, I'm not worried about that in the day to day sense of the season. I'm only worried about it in these high leverage situations when we get into the playoffs, where he may make a stupid high throw error and then that tosses the game well that's the only thing i'm thinking about so like anything we're even talking about like what are we talking about if we're not talking about the playoffs that's why i'm saying well everything is in perspective of the playoffs and honestly you guys don't seem like you're very worried about labor i'm gonna be honest i'm a little worried about his defense because it's never you say it's always been good he's like he's like devers in the sense that i've said it plenty of times that devers is playing good defensively, and I will eat my words because he's a highlight he, reel guy. He's not exactly, and that's why I don't watch every Red Sox game, but I called our friend Matt, diehard Red Sox fan. I'm sure you guys have seen him before if you like the trivia, but I called him up and I wanted to just I gloat in his face because we were just smoking them at that point. I think it was like 11-2 or something. He just ducks my calls whenever I call him during games, so I called him the next day. I was like, hey, I just wanted to tell you, like, Devers looks good out there. And he's like, he does? And I, I was shocked. I was like, honestly, I mean, every time I see him, he's making a highlight reel play. And he's like, yeah, that's it. He's making the highlight plays, and he misses the fucking easy like, plays that are right at him. And mm-hmm. that's so much like Glaber, the Glaber. And Devers, time and time again, leads the league in errors. And Glaber's right there with him. He's two behind him. Last year, he had 11 errors. I mean, in 77 games at shortstop, too, he had 11 errors. And he's negative seven last year overall at shortstop and second base in outs above average, which is they're basically the Sabre metric that defines a, a player's range. So it's about outs that you make above an average. So it tells you the range of, like, how many plays will you make in mm-hmm. excess of what an average player can make. And his is negative seven. And specifically just at shortstop, I know he played 
minimal games at shortstop, but he ranked 22nd among shortstops last year. And he had negative two outs above average. He's he's always in the negatives because he's behind. He's his range is smaller. He's not a fast guy. He's, he's never a gonna, minus fielder. Not by he's much, a minus but. fielder. And I mean, the top guy, Javi Baez, is eighteen. Mm-hmm. We, we know Javi Baez is a highlight real player. He's a highlight real player, but he also makes every regular play as well. And I just think there is a little bit more concern than you guys are putting on Glaber. I I, I don't think. He ever had the defensive capabilities. I think he makes the highlight real plays, and that's a for sh- that's for sure. But so does Devers, and he doesn't even make that many highlight real plays. I think part of it is that he is in a new position. I know he's played plenty of shortstop. Yeah, but, but the negative he hasn't seven, been the everyday shortstop ever. That's part of it, I guess. For the negative seven outs there. above average came primarily from second base. Oh, I thought you meant just at shortstop. That was combined. Anyway, that was combined back. last year. From second base and shortstop. Shortstop was negative two, okay. so it was negative five at, at second base. I, I hear you saying, I, and I agree with you with the with the with everything you're saying right now. What what I'm trying to say, what I'm my point of view is, I'm not worried about it until we get a little bit further on because right now, you know, you have a bad you have a bad game. He's making. I think I I like to know how many errors he's making per game, like. Did he have two errors in three errors games? Errors per game is not a good six, way to look yeah, at it. six over how many <laughs> games I'm, did he I'm, I'm curious. I'm curious. You're an error per game. You're at 60. You're at fucking 162. Well, I'm curious to see like, if he has one error per game. That means he's going to have another one. Yeah, did he just have one bad game? Yeah, does he have a couple of bad games, and that's it. Because, yeah. listen, well, today, I've, I've seen him play today. shortstop, and he's been making really tough plays. He's been making good plays out there. But then, again, he gets a routine ground ball and throws over Voight's head 10 feet. Like, yeah. I, I, I'm what I'm trying to say is I agree with you, but I think that I am not worried about it at this exact moment. Talk to me in a week and a half. Talk to me in two weeks. See, but right now I'm not. I'm not worried because I don't think. The one thing that a, really worries me is just the position that he plays. I feel like shortstop talk, is yeah. the position of all positions where you need solid to be defense. a fielder. Yeah, and a not a lot of shortstops are as good of bats as he is. Like a shortstop, usually, you know, your sixth or seventh best hitter, but he's probably one of your best fielders in, in a generic MLB team. And he's just kind of the opposite of that. He's one of our really high plus bats, and he's not doing great in the field. So you got to kind of worry when it's your shortstop that's not fielding well. But yeah, again, I, I think this isn't, this is the exception, not the rule for him, I think. Yeah. So what are your awards? Because we're, Already at 45 minutes here, and we are not even done with our awards. Um, I <laughs> I have the uh, the Jordan Belford Award to Clint Frazier because he's not fucking going anywhere. I'm not fucking leaving. I'm not fucking leaving. I'm not fucking leaving. We're going to wake up all of our neighbors. It's Monday night at 12, 12 in the morning. No, it's Tuesday morning, my friend. It's Tuesday it's morning. It's Tuesday morning. I'm not, fucking, um, I'm, not, I'm not fucking going to sleep. <laughs> he's not going anywhere, and if he does go anywhere, I'm going to riot, and I think everyone... And the Yankee fan base is going to ride as well. Absolutely. But we yeah. talked about Clint Frazier, but that's the award. Yeah. He's not going anywhere. One? The other one I have is the uh, the Alex Moran Award. Oh. For the best. Wait, wait, wait. Can we, can we when, when, they're, when they're fun names, can we, can we guess? <laughs> sure, go for it. Murph, you have a guess? Mike gotta, Ford. Got to be a be- It's not Mike Ford. Can I have a guess? We each get one guess. Sure. Alex Moran. It's not Tyro, is it? No. We already we already Tyro already had one. I can't use that. Who yeah. is it? Alex Moran. Wait, 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 hold on. You just cast Tyro. Well that, that was already used I for mean, a reward. Obviously, there's some pickings out here. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, Tyler Wade. I think he, he gets the, the, the Alex Moran award. 
He's the second string guy. He's the best second string guy. At every um, position. At every he position. Shit. <laughs> yes, he did. We're the Tyler Wade fan club. He didn't do anything this week. I highly disagree. I the reason the, the reason I he brought that up once. is because he again, I know we're overplaying him a lot, but he's been getting on base. He's been slapping the ball better than he used to be. And he's a threat in the bases. He? Yeah, he looks like he's never getting a hit. He got hit by a pitch today, and he scored. That's how he. That's how he scored. He had three hit. He has three hits in the past two games. Hey, you know what? Does he? he? Got yes, and he has two or three RBIs. You know what? Is he hitting, is he, is he hitting over two hundred? I don't know, but he hits. No, he gets on not. base, and he's he and he's an overall not, threat. He's, his, his he's a good fielder, and as a second string guy, who's a clearly a second string guy, that's the whole purpose of it. Because Alex Moran, his whole purpose is to be the best second string person ever. He is the best second string person behind DJ. Yeah, I mean, listen, right he's he he hitting exactly two hundred. Look at that. He is the Mendoza line. <laughs> he I mean, is Mendoza. I want him to be good so bad. So bad. I don't even care. Oh like I just God. think he's doing his job, and I think no, as I a as a second string person, he's doing his job filling in for the machine. So he's doing a great job. He's not filling in for the machine. I think Tyro is doing a way better job filling in. I mean, for the he's machine. been in for he's one for game. One. I think. That's yeah, but game. every time Tyro's in, he hits a home run. Yeah, I know. Doesn't make any sense. But Tyler Wade's a more sustainable. Can we give? Ty, can we, how high is Tyro's trade value right now? Because anything pretty, we've seen at the major league level, high. obviously it's not high. But like, I think this is something in the future. Like maybe no. give him some more reps just to build up his value and just send him off somewhere. He looks like he's a stud. But we, no. where have we seen any bad stuff from him ever? He hasn't been up very long at all. Like he's every time he's at the major league a, level, he's getting a home run. No, I, I digress. If, if what he, you got, Rella? If he played 120 games in a season, he's hitting 245 with like 14 home runs. All right, let me get my awards away. So I was between two names for this award. It was either – I'm just going to tell you the one award. I'm going to call it the Better Together Award. That's cute. It is cute. So it's about the Yankees' first baseman platoon club. <laughs> so that being Voight and Ford – a little bit more weighted to the Voight train, and I will give my props to him because I have time and time again doubted him, and I will not doubt him anymore. Luke Voigt is playing phenomenal baseball, but the platoon as a whole, the Better Together crew, they have, out of the first base hole, they have nine home runs and 21 RBIs. Mm-hmm. That's pretty damn good. That is uh, nearly exactly – that is one RBI more than what Judge has out of the right field spot. So the production out of the first base spot is right there with Aaron Judge, and we're talking about him for an MVP. The unsung heroes right now are the platoon. The Better Together Award definitely goes to them, but specifically Voight. Nobody's talking about him. I'm not talking about him. I am talking about him now. Luke Voigt in the month of August – 326 batting average, five home runs, 10 RBIs. Mm-hmm. It's August 17th. Baby, we got time left. <laughs> There's time left for him. Voight is a man on a mission right now, and I can't even believe I'm saying this. He's my pick at first base, no doubt about it. Mike Ford, I know you're playing good baseball, but you got to take a back seat to this man. When he's up at the plate, he looks mad. Well, he's angry. He doesn't yeah. have any emotions. I was gonna go. I was gonna go into this right after this because it was my it was my rounding third. But 
No, 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 no. Hold, hold off. I'm not, I just say it. Fuck it. Go. I'm not gonna, yeah. Let's do the rounding third. What's your rounding third? My rounding third was Luke Foyce going to win the Silver Slugger at first base. Tell me why. Hold on, wait, wait. The runner's being waved home. Here comes the throw from Andrews. The slide, the tag. Sell me on it. Silver Slugger. Silver Slugger at first base. Luke Voigt has seven home runs, 15 RBIs. He has at least a 919 OPS. That was before tonight's game. And he's batting 285 right now. We're also talking about the other players in the American League in the American League right now. Who are the top first base in the American League right now? We have Matt Olson. We got Carlos Santana. Carlos Santana. Miguel Sano, we Joey, got Jose Abreu, American League, American we got Yuli Gurriel. I think that's a pretty good list right now. Would you say so? Yeah, first base is a very uh, thin position, so I'm not I, at, at first glance at this take, I'm not startled because the first base is a very thin position, and honestly, last year he should have made the All Star team. So continue. He is a higher batting average than all of those people right now. But he's playing damn good baseball, Damon. He is playing damn good baseball. He also has, aside from Matt Olson, he has more home runs than everybody on that list. Matt Olson has Matt Olson has eight home runs. And how many does Mr. Luke Voigt have? Five. Mr. Luke Voigt has seven. That's uh, a lot of home runs. Five this month, sorry. It's a lot. Of, no, that, five this five in seventeen days. Yeah, Luke Voigt is hot right now. I I was looking into it and. You know, Mike Ford, he's been playing really well. I think he's been coming up in some great clutch situations, but he's got a war of minus two, minus point two. And I know he's been playing a couple games. Only has 36 at-bats this season. Everything's a factor. But, Luke, I mean, Mike Ford has come up, in, come up in some really clutch situations. He's been a really good player so far. But this is Mike Ford's, this is Mike Sorry, this is Luke Voigt's spot. Who are you picking? Uh, this is Luke Voigt's spot. You're flip flopping. You're a flip flopping. No, I was looking at I was looking at Mike Ford's stat line, but it's actually it's Luke's, Luke Voigt's spot, and it's his spot to lose right now. And I think that he is going to. I don't think it's his spot to lose. I think he's got it. I think it's his. Well, I don't think thing. there's a spot it's, to it's give. You can't thing. you can't leave Voigt out of the lineup where you have so many DHs. You can't you can't, can't leave him out right now. Ford's gonna play one game for every two games Voigt yeah. plays, which is I think fine. That's. Better together. So not, better, together. <laughs> better together. Better together. That's the, you said it was the better together award, and then you said Voigt's the starter. They're better yeah. together. Two and one. It's also it was also going to be the party planning committee because like running back by committee was the thought process. But better together was better because just for that Yankees first baseman stat. But then I just saw I I made the award, and then I saw how well Luke. I, honestly, I made the award before Luke Voigt hit his second home run of the night, and then I was like, okay. He's got to be raking right now because every time I look, he's hitting home run, and he just head down, pissed off. And I looked at the individual stats, and he is absolutely killing it. So yeah, he's better get, together, but also very good alone. Yeah, but <laughs> that's the award. That's the award. Better together, but also very good alone. There you go. So I have a second award. If you guys are done with this, yeah. So this one's called the Broken Clock Award. Murphy and I told Damon about this one. If you had to guess what the Broken Clock Award would go to, who would it be? So I'm assuming you're going on like the even a Broken Clock's right twice a day mantra. 
Nice. I didn't think about that. You didn't think about that? That's no. the only thing I think. What else would you think about with a broken clock? Oh, no. Hap, 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 Thank hap, you, hap, Murphy. Hap. Easily. So, Sorry, I wasn't thinking pictures. I was thinking position. No, I mean, you clearly got it right. What were you thinking about with broken clock? <laughs> I don't know. I was thinking somebody old. Well, at first I was thinking I broken know. record, and I kind of mixed no, that up. That and I was, was like, oh, the broken record. say something that you say on every single episode again. Yeah. No, I would but, call uh, it the broken record award. No, broken clock. Yeah. No, yeah. I, right no, I just mixed up the terms at first. Yeah. So, yeah. So, this one's going to J-Hap. It's a broken clock award. Even a broke clock is right twice a day. Hap's final line in his outing. 5.2 innings pitched, one earned, three Ks, two walks. Good outing. I think we can all agree on that, right? Mm-hmm. I will take that every single time. Every day of the week. But Habs statistics against Red Sox specifically since the start of last season, five starts, 3-0 entering last night before that. So 4-0 entering now. He has a 2.79 ERA, 21 strikeouts, seven walks, and a .96 whip. He's historically is good against the Red Sox. And to mention, this is a bad Red Sox team. So, in your guys' perspective, is Hat figuring it out, or is he just pitching well against a team that's bad and a team that he mm. historically is already good I against? I hope so. I uh, hope he's figuring it out. I don't think he is. I have zero confidence in Hat, though. But <laughs> yeah, I that's why he gets the broke clock going. I could not agree more with you, Murph. He is so is so early to tell. I think that he has. I think he has more hope than Paxton, in my opinion. And you have more hope. Ooh, I, I disagree. Have, I have more hope in Hap than Paxton, but I disagree. Really? I mean, there's not a lot of hope to give that between the two. Paxton's look good. No, Paxton's looked good. His velo has been yeah, off. I flat out. I, I straight up disagree. Hundred percent. Yeah. I don't know. No, they we'll that, so Hap threw during that like stat cast game, and you guys started watching yeah. on the stat cast one a little that. bit later. But in the beginning, they were saying that he throws more like high fastballs than any other pitcher in the game by a long shot. And they're almost never strikes. And they're only mm-hmm. like 94 miles an hour. There were like three different stats that they pulled in that like put together how ineffective his fastball is. Cause it only goes like 93, 94 miles an hour. And he always misses it high, like all the time. Yeah. And he throws it high. Like uh, I think it's like when he throws his fastball, like 70% of the time it's high and like just basically that is. No, 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 this is Hap. This is Hap. So are we all under the assumption that a broke clock is right twice a day and we're not we're not high on Hap even after this start? No, I'm not high on him at all. Um, great to see him perform. Hope he does it again. But I am really just – I need to have more bigger sample size to – Against get, different get teams. Yeah, that's what I was just going to say. I, I need to see him teams. do it two or three more times in a row and then I'll And leave. not the worst team in the MLB. That would be great too. Yeah, second worst. Yeah, he's definitely not going to throw against the Rays, you know. Yeah. All right. Do you guys want to get really get into rounding third now? Didn't we just do we rounding just did third? That. Oh, yeah. rounding yeah, third. Yeah, Damon Sorry. did one. You already played okay, the thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I'm going to play, gonna play again. I liked it. Um, so, one second. All right, you can go now. So my rounding like third. Like it. So my rounding third <laughs> is that the Yankees are actually one of the most prepared teams in baseball for the 60-game season. We talked in the beginning, and a lot of people believed that the Yankees were hindered by the 60-game season. But I'm kind of going to come back and combat that. It's just strictly because of their depth. A lot can happen in 
this 60 game season, especially with COVID and injuries and blah, blah, blah. So injuries matter way more in terms of the percentage of the games that you're out, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And I think just with the big three being hurt and us not losing a game in that time, granted, not so great teams, but still just showed a lot. And um, I think that depth really matters in the 60 game season and the Yankees have it. I have a question for you. Sure. And it might, I might call you out. So for those of you who are listening for the first time, don't know why you haven't found us before, but rounding third is basically we're going to sell each other on a take we have, and we're going to explain it, and we're gonna, the rest of us are going to decide if you're safe or out. And Murph, you said we previously said that we were not well-equipped for a 60-game season or it didn't assist us. No, it didn't because when well no we we talked about this earlier. I I think the, we talked about it started when we were having you know all those episodes week after week just speculating what's going to happen in the season because there was nothing else to talk about. We were saying how basically nothing can happen, like anything can happen, injuries can happen, yeah, losing streaks can happen. And we were like the Yankees were so much more well equipped for a 162 game season than they were for a 60 game season because they were a favorite over that much time. Yes, but. We also spoke of the fact that the Yankees were so much benefited by the 60-game season because we were pushed back until not March 26th, and we got the full, fully healthy Yankees team. Obviously, sure. we're not fully healthy anymore, but you know you can go either way with this. But from the perspective of what you're trying to argue, yes, I agree that it is definitely not beneficial for us because we have less time to be the better team, and, and depth is what wins games in the MLB. Depth in a 162 because guys like the argument we were having before with Clint Frazier and Mike Talkman, that's no longer an issue anymore. That's more of like, great, we're both going to get a lot of time in the outfield in 162. You might get 80, I might get 80. Like that, that's my, maybe how it goes, maybe less. You, you might get 50, you might get 50. That's how it goes. That's a great problem to have. And now it's just a problem because you can't find them spots in a shortened season. And it's either you get a spot, you get a start. We get nothing, but that I, I will call you safe for that because specific situations like we have right now, I mean, it's good to have depth, and we always say it's a good problem to have with the outfield situation and stuff like that, but at what point does it become not a good problem to have? Because a guy like Clint and a guy like Talkman, I know we have the talent under our possession. It's on the Yankees roster, but at what point do you no longer – like if you if you don't use it, you lose it sort of thing. Like if you don't if you're not if you're not starting Clint, and he's not getting everyday reps, he's not getting better. So it's not it's not like a good thing to have anymore. Like if well, if, if one I, if one isn't starting and the other one is, or they're platooning and they're not getting the reps that they should be getting, it's not really like in 162 they're both getting a lot of reps and they're really progressing as baseball players in their second year or it's, they're both their second year in the league. And they're both going to get like 50 games starting in the outfield, and that's a good progression. But in a game, in a year like this, where we're talking about who is the starter, meanwhile, there is no starter. It's just like if there isn't one, if you're not starting that day, you, you're not playing at all. And that is a step backwards to me. Sure. But I think the shortened season also kind of helps us out with that because we basically have, from when Clint and, say, Estrada came up, we have 40 games plus the playoffs to see what they can do in a real environment. And then when we go to the off season, then we can make those decisions. So I think that's the point where we have to decide, you know, 
that's when we kind of decide what to do with the depth. Where do we get more value flipping a guy like Clint or a guy like Tyler Wade or, you know, whoever for a pitcher or for signing bonus money or whatever. That's when those decisions are made. But I think for this season, we're not going to get rid of anybody. I don't, I'd be devastated if we got rid of Clint at the trade deadline. Way too soon. Pretty much no matter who we got in return. So I think for this season, the depth we have is really going to be beneficial. Yeah. Yeah. You just, you just can't make any decisions right now. I've said it before yeah. with the trade deadline specifically, and I, I, we've gotten DMs about this too, so I'll answer it now. Uh, do you see Clint as more of like a, a, a trade piece, or do you see him as a starter for years to come, or keep him on the team this year specifically? This year specifically, you can't even talk about the trade deadline. I really don't think the trade deadline, deadline is going to be a factor whatsoever. I no. think I've said it before. I, I all Let's the teams, drop. all the teams that are quote unquote sellers like the Marlins and the Orioles and other teams like that. I don't know who they have to sell regardless. Those are the quote-unquote sellers every year. The Marlins are in first place, and the Orioles are not doing too third. bad themselves. So They're third. Yeah, they're, they're, they're third. They're behind the Rays. Like the, the regular sellers in those two instances are not in last place, so they're not in a selling position. And if you're the Marlins... And if you're the, a fan of the Marlins, you're not going to want the team to sell when you're in first place, and you've got a shot to make the playoffs in an expanded playoff situation as well. Like, this is the one year you got a chance to make the playoffs. You better fucking do it. And if you don't, I might fucking leave if I'm a fan. Mm-hmm. Like, if you have one shot and you're in the playoff picture right now, make the playoffs. Do that. So if you sell off, because the, the trade deadline is in two weeks, Nobody's gonna fucking no one sell. Can make and all about, these teams no, that are the only team. There are some teams that will sell. They're only gonna sell guys kind of on a rental basis. I think the Yankees don't need anybody on a rental basis. I don't think so there might be moves at the deadline, but nothing that we're. I don't be think there's in. many teams that would ever sell. And I think maybe the only people that would sell probably are teams that are in a situation like the Red Sox, and that might be a JD Martinez situation because the Red Sox are clearly in last and not doing well in a top-heavy division. So they are not; they don't have a shot at the division in the one or the two spot. Mm-hmm. So they might be the, like, the perfect candidate to be a seller, but I think the candidacy to be a seller in this year is very limited. So oh, it is. Them specifically, I think contract length matters because... Sorry, um, but like if J.D. is on the last year of his deal, then the Red Sox, if they can get anything for him, should probably dump him. Exactly. I don't know what his contract's like, but there, there's going to be a couple of players in that situation. Yeah, so and it's also it, the, another reason why there's two more reasons why the trade deadline might be not a thing is because, one, you're moving human bodies around during a pandemic, and I don't know how much that is a good oh, thing. That, I didn't even think of that. That's yeah. definitely not a good thing. I feel like people shouldn't be moving people around, especially, I mean, it seems that everybody's getting sent to the Marlins nowadays. But also... Who knows how much these teams care about this season? I mean, I, everybody seems like this season matters, and there's no asterisks from what we're watching. Everything looks fucking normal to us. But if you're a front office guy, if you're a GM, are you going to really pay that same amount of money, the same amount of prospects for a rental for this year is, is, as opposed to next year? Maybe you want somebody at the deadline then? Are you no, gonna, that's a super valid point. Are you going to make the same? Are you going to make the same amount of like, contribution for a player like JD? Let's say you got JD next year. Let's say it was the same exact scenario and you get JD next year. Are you going to pay near that amount amount of prospects, or are you going to give a haul close to what you'd give next year? No, you're not going to mm-hmm. give shit this year. So, and that would probably turn off people from 
the Red Sox from selling off JD because they're not going to get shit for him. So, like, why not just play? The trade deadline is not a thing this year. Yeah. So that's. We'll see. I'm curious to see how it shakes out because that definitely makes a lot of sense, but you never really know. Yeah. So, my rounding third is relating to Aaron Judge's contract situation. And Aaron Judge is playing great baseball, but the looming elephant in the room is his contract. And we always say, like, Free agents, we got to be careful. We know we're the Yankees. We have a lot of money, but we got to pay Judge. We got to pay Glaber in the future. Got to pay Gary, yada, yada, yada. Three big names. They're going to require a lot of money. So I wanted to bring to your attention. This is I, I have a little prediction as my rounding third, but I really wanted to get more into the conversation of what you guys think a Aaron Judge contract extension may look like because don't get me wrong. I need Aaron Judge and pinstripes for the rest of his life. We got the goddamn judges' chambers. He ain't going anywhere. But in reality, I don't think he gets more than six years on his contract. And I think six may be a little much because I, I, I mean, I, I, to back up my point, I took a look at some of the most recent contracts in the league for players of the caliber of Aaron Judge. Because Aaron Judge is right now the second best player in baseball behind Mookie Betts and uh, behind uh, Mike Trout. Mookie Betts is right there with him. I think he's definitely up there and he deserves to be in consideration with players like that. So I looked at Mookie Betts. Mookie Betts got 12 years, $365 million. The key thing here is at 27 years old. With Mike Trout, he got 12 years, $430 million at 28 years old. Manny Machado got 10 years, $300 million at 26 years old. Garrett Cole, 9 years, $324 at 29. Harper, 13 330 million at 26. A lot of these are younger than Aaron Judge, who is 28 right now. By the time he gets an extension, he's still under contract for the next couple of years for arbitration. So he won't be 30 until he gets a contract extension. So by the time he gets a contract extension, unless they do it prematurely, he'll be 30 years old by a contract extension. And all these guys are getting a lot of money in a lot of years, but they also don't have the same injury history as Aaron Judge. So I think yeah. the injury history and the age are two factors that play into this. And you see these monster deals, and I think the MLB is kind of, I would say, shying away from it. But then you look at all these most recent deals and their huge contracts. I don't know. What do you guys think? Do you guys think I'm safer out with the six years max that he gets? I would love it. I don't know if it's going to happen. I really have no idea. But I, I do know I trust Cashman. Yeah, I... Here's the thing. I think that this year has more importance for him than a lot of people think. And especially with this last injury that he just went through, um, you know, Aaron Judge was saying it on his on his Zoom, what are we calling it now, our Zoom post, post games or our Zoom, Zoom conference, room. Zoom rooms with Meredith. Zoom room with Hoke, um, with Hoke and Meredith. Like he was saying, um, I feel fine. I could have played. Then he, but then he was saying like, but the Yankee organization really cares, and they wanted to put me on a 10-day IL, and they wanted to preserve that. So I, I get all the factors. Um, I think that the Yankees, if they were going to say, okay, yeah, Aaron Joe's never going to injure it again. He's, he's going to be a great player and all this kind of stuff. Like, let's give him eight years, right? But there's so many different factors that go into that. I think that his injury his injury past has come from some direct conflicts in him playing and 
other factors that he couldn't control, right? He got hit in the hand. He dove for a ball. Those are two things that I wouldn't consider injury-prone because they're not him running to first base and tearing a hamstring, right? There, there are different things that classify injury-prone and then just, like, being unlucky. There, there are two different factors. Yeah, we've that. talked about that. Yeah, but I'm sure. saying, but I'm saying, like, I don't know if I don't know if there's enough proof to say Aaron Judge is injury prone, and therefore I'm not going to give a, give him the contract that he deserves because I know the anchor organization loves him. They want him to be be here for a long time. Hopefully, he's Yankee for life. So, I I agree with you. I, I it's really tough. I think that six years is probably. I think six to eight is probably going to be the the deal, but I do think that this season plays a very, very big toll because if he can come out after this injury and play the rest of the season with no other hiccups and then starts the next season healthy and hopefully plays the next season to the caliber of you know what he, we were expecting him to be and then he doesn't get injured, then I don't see any reason why we wouldn't give him more than six years. But I agree with what you're saying. I think that I wouldn't be shocked if they gave him anywhere from six to eight. Murph, what do you think? Um, I completely agree with you. Um, I would love to see six. I think I don't think there's a number that we can say makes sense that's going to be realistic because I, don't I know think what he I accepts would six. No, I know. I no. I'm just saying that's the thing. I don't know where Cashman's at with it. I know he is beloved by every single person that's a Yankee fan. Yeah. I know he plays the game the right way. I know he's a captain type material. It's impossible to sign any player if it's a good thing we have two years. I'll say that first because if he can stay healthy from when he comes back from this injury until two years from now when we re-sign him, it's going to be a way different conversation. Mm-hmm. But if he's on and off the field during the next year and a half, two years, it like what do you what do you do there? I don't, I don't know what the market for him is going to yeah. be because. You're not going to get less hurt after you turn 30. Because you feel like so, the, you feel like the guy is. It's brutal. It's the Aaron Judge caliber type of guy. It's like he, the the name plays such a big role, and he is like he is. Well, that's why I brought up the other the names. Of, he, he is the face of baseball. I I brought up Mookie, Trout, Cole, Machado, Harper, the biggest names and the biggest. Yeah, contracts but not all of them are good contracts. But not all yeah. of them are good contracts. I mean, th- those are all. I don't know even none of them are good contracts, but. That's, I mean, those are all fresh contracts, but those are what the, that's the going rate for a perennial MVP candidate, and that's the going rate for a top five player in the league right now at the time right. of their contract. So you say it's but a bad contract, but that's the going rate for that. So if judges, you know, you can't even tell me that judge isn't looking at that well, and saying I deserve this much. Oh, I, I, I'm not disagreeing with that, but we could find ourselves. This is a little bit of an overreaction, but. If we find ourselves, you know, six years into an eight-year contract with Judge, and he's 34, 35, and he's hurt all the time, and it turns into an Ellsbury situation where, you know, he's never on the field and we're paying him all this money, then that really, really doesn't help. So I think what Damon said, the next two years are going to matter, especially this year, is going to matter a lot yeah. when it comes down to it. I would just say, all right. I'll so, pay him anything he wants to be held. Especially, especially if he gets another if he gets some more hardware under his belt, if he comes out and wins MVP, even in a shortened season, like that's still huge. Like yeah. so many of these things, there's just, just so many unknowns. There's a lot to go. It can go this, but I can go saying, either way, but also I, I here's another thing. My last point, I think that anything less than six is 
one, I don't think he'll do it, and two, right. is just disrespectful. I agree with that. Regardless at, of the situation. At 30? If we have an eight-year contract yeah. that's front-loaded, I'm fine. I do. Because, because here's It'll the thing. I'm to 36 years old. Yes, but if he, if but if he continues to perform the way he does, like, and he's done so much for the Yankee organization, outside of just playing good baseball, he has done so much for organization, it'd be dis- disrespectful to give him less than, less than that. I, I, yeah, I can agree with that. I, it, it, it goes, it goes that. beyond the stats. It, it goes beyond the stats for sure. I agree. And I'm I fine with keeping for the him face for six or eight years, but you also have to hedge it against what other teams would pay for him when you're negotiating that kind of a contract where, you know, if I'm any team in baseball, am I going to sign a 30-year-old Aaron Judge for anything over six or seven years? Probably not. So Judge might be more yeah. apt in theory to take a little less money for a little more years. Could take, a, t- could take a team-friendly deal too. Like there, I don't think he's, he's not taking a team-friendly deal because he's only made – this year he's making $8 million. Team-friendly is off the table. This guy wants no, to I'm, I'm not saying team-friendly. I'm saying in terms of – No, Dan was saying I, I think he might take longevity over – the yearly salary. No, I think right. Honestly, right. I, what I could see happening is not that. I think he he would take AAV over longevity. I think if if you're going to say six years, okay, I want six years of all Mike Trout money because I'm the second best player in baseball. I want to get paid thirty five million dollars a year for six years, and then after that, if I outperform myself, if I don't get hurt for that, that's a bet on myself. And I think that's more the reality of the situation. If you're a guy like Aaron Judge. You're not going to take what the current market value is offering you because they're doing that based on the amount of injuries you've had in the past. And if you prove to them that I am not injury prone, which I don't think he is, and he's just been getting unlucky, like we said, if I'm Darren Judge, I'm taking a bet on myself. I'm taking the higher AAV. And honestly, that, some people have taken one-year contracts out here with a ridiculous AAV to like a one-year prove it. I don't think that's going to be what's going to happen with Judge. I think he's going to take less AAV for that reason to prove that I'm not injury prone. And by the time I get out of the six year contract, I hopefully would have put up historic numbers, MVP type numbers, put the hardware up. Like you were saying, Damon, get on that fucking hall of fame pace that we all think he can do. If he could stay healthy. And then you come out of a six year contract at 36 years old. And then you get another couple years, another two, three years. And that could do wonders for a team with a player that could still perform. And if he's not getting hurt, so I think that's the route that Judge takes. And I think to round about to my rounding third over six years, I think that that could be the mentality that he takes. And I think if he takes six years, that's not a slight to judge whatsoever if we're paying him fucking $36 million a year, which I will pay. I don't give a fuck because I'm not the Yankees. It's not my pockets. If I'm giving you more money AAV and I don't have to get locked into an Ellsbury-type contract or Giancarlo-type contract to the point where you have to just keep this contract forever so it seems who the hell cares mm-hmm. i think it's a more of a bad on yourself situation for him and i i would if i'm him i'm taking that yeah well that's what i think that's gonna matter based off like what damon said the next few years if he's hurt he's not gonna be in a place to take that aav contract and if he's healthy then he will he's the healthier he is the more power he's gonna have over that well the the less healthy he is the less bargaining power he has for a long-term contract and the more of a discount he would have to take on a long-term contract, which is why he would probably take a shorter-term higher AAV. Well, it'd still be a lower AAV than if he was healthy. It was my point. I get that, but but if you're in the situation that he is in an unhealthy state, so to speak, in terms of contract negotiations, 
you're going to get more AAV for less years. And in terms of your overall contract, you're not contracted to an extra three years. You know, if you locked yourself into seven years and at a right, low AAV, if, you're not. But if he's hurt, he's going to, that's when I think that that was what I mentioned earlier. If, if he's hurt, like he has been over the past two years for the next two years, and he gets a chance to sign an eight year deal. I think he's going to take that. Yeah, uh, I'm not. I'm. I need him While to be in pinstripes for the rest of his life. I'm just thinking the like what what could this contract look like? Because it's obviously been looming over the Yankees' head for a while, and I do. I cannot. I would cry if he was in different uniform. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, I just was curious what it would look like for the contract structure, and I wanted to get your guys' take. But more on Judge. You saw in the post game, he looked. He said he's 100 percent healthy. He begged them not to put him on the 10 day IL, and that plays more into the I'm not injury prone thing. Like everybody's freaking out, like everything like that. He's like, I just needed a couple of days. Like it was just the turf thing, and I truly I didn't believe it at first, but I I saw him talk about it, and he literally looked pissed off. He's like, I I didn't want to go on the 10 day IL. I don't need 10 days. I could have played today, no problem. Like I I I just see the way the Yankees are treating this. And I don't really mind the way they're doing it because we're 16 and 6, I think we are. Mm-hmm. We're doing mm-hmm. just fine. We got all the next men up in the rotation right now. DJ just goes on the IL, stands on the IL. He's on the IL as well as Judge. Like, you don't want to stretch it right now. We're 15, we're 16 and 6. We don't need to be pressuring these guys to play. All we got to worry about is the playoffs. And if you're in Judge's shoes, you see that he's obviously pissed because he wants to go on the MVP run, and he's going to come back next week. But I, I see what the Yankees are doing, and I agree with it. I think that they both want the same thing, but there's there's just so many different factors that we just need to watch and, and just see how they play out. And that's the shitty answer, but... It's the it's the truth, and it, it sucks. But like, there are just so so much uncertainty that needs to needs to be figured out. Yeah, he's yeah, not he's not he's not a Mike Trout where it's just like you're the best player in the world. Here's all this money. Like, it, it doesn't happen. Like, you need, you need especially with judges' history. Good thing is, it's two years away. Yeah, you guys want to get into DMs? Yeah, yeah. let's do a few and then wrap it up. Yeah, I mean, it's... All right, first DM comes to us from... Uh, it's honestly relevant. Charlie Molner says, Can Judge still win MVP if he keeps pace despite the IL stint? For sure. 100%. Yeah. He's leading the league in home runs still. No, Actually, not. no, Tati said nah, home run today. Never mind, say that back. I forgot that it happened. But um, he only missed a couple of games. I think he, he was still leading the league in a bunch of different categories before he went on the IL. And then he only missed a couple of games. And if he is really saying he's, he's 100% and then comes back and continues to play with his caliber, I don't see any reason why he can't be a front runner for MVP. Yeah, so long as his IL stint is only 10 games and he comes back right after and doesn't, Miss a beat. I don't see any reason he can't. Agreed. Nothing more to add there. Uh, next question comes to us from Tom Sinertia, the boy. Uh, if everyone in tonight's starting lineup had a spirit animal, <laughs> what would they be? One for each. Go. 
So I don't know if we could do one for each, but we could each do one. So Murph, pick a spirit animal for tonight's lineup. I, I kind of forgot we were doing this, but I happen to have just come up with a pretty good one right on the spot. So for whatever <laughs> reason, Eric Kratz was in the lineup, so I'm going to say his spirit animal is a tortoise. He's ancient. A, and, well, our tortoise is ancient? Yeah, tortoises yeah, last like, like 120 years. years old or whatever. Yeah, they live like they actually never die. They live. Yeah, forever. it's like a cockroach. <laughs> what do you got? Uh, I was gonna say Tyler Wade is a gazelle because he's fast. Wow. Okay. Is that why? Yeah, it's why. <laughs> why else would it be? I don't know. This is a dumb one. <laughs> I liked it. So mine is because he's graceful too. He's not just fast. Yeah. I'm going to go with Tyro Estrada, and I'm going to say he's a, he's a fire ant because he carries 10 times more than his weight, and whenever he's called upon, he just he does it. He does anything he's asked to do, kind of like an ant. Wouldn't he be a cat because he has nine lives? I think that's Eight left. I, think I mean, you're, you're talking about him getting shot still. Yeah. Yeah, that, yeah honestly. See, if you brought up that point, no, that, that, one that makes like, yeah, sense. That's a stretch. So Tyro is a cat as well because he has nine lives. He's a cat, he, and then he's a fire ant after his nine lives. He's a fire ant through and through. <laughs> I'm beyond, he's Beyonce always, but... <laughs> yeah. All right. Last DM. With the rotation having some... Oh, this is from Landon Thompson, 21. Sorry. Almost forgot your shout-out. With the rotation having some good outings, when do y'all think Schmidt will get called... It's a tough question. Murphy? Um, Murphy when Hap's ERA passes 10. <laughs> What's the ERA probably, right now? Actually, it might still be over 10. <laughs> it was at 12 at one point. Uh, no, that's not really what happens. I don't know if Clint's going to come up. Or Clark. Geez, Schmidt. Um, I don't know. The, the roster is kind of getting limited. They're going down from 30 to 29 to 28. And then we're, I think we're down to 26 now, right? Yeah, I, I think it's really dependent on on yeah. Because here's the thing: when when do you really just say, "Hey, Hap," or "Hey, Paxton," like, "Hey, like, you're, you know, take take a seat." Like, I I just I don't it's see. It's not Paxton. It's Hap. Hap's well, taking a seat. Don't even mention. I don't know why you have this hate for Paxton. I don't have any hate for over, Paxton over Hap. You said I thought you said yeah, you were worried, more worried about Paxton than Hap that. earlier. I am he slightly more that. worried. I'm, That's crazy. To me. I have zero confidence in both of them, but I'm saying that. That's crazy to me. I don't know how it's crazy, but it's crazy that you have more confidence in Hap than you have in Paxton. That, I, that's but, crazy. But me. the confidence we're giving out is like less than nothing. Like there's there's very little confidence in both of them right and now. Paxton's looking looked pretty good recently. Yeah, but we're we're stretching here. We're saying he's looking. Yeah, we're stretching. We're saying yeah, he's, he's looking pretty good. He's okay. Like in terms uh, of getting bumped out of the rotation, he's not getting yeah, bumped that's out. I'm not saying Hap. I don't he's think any of them. I I honestly don't feel like any of them are gonna get bumped out of the rotation. I yeah, feel like there's just it, it, it's so. There's just so many different things that are going to happen. I think that if Hap continues to pitch well and that Pakistan continues to do something, like I don't see Clark Schmidt coming up and really being like a everyday starter in the rotation. Different story. Next year, we're probably not going to re-sign Paxton. We're definitely not going to re-sign Hap. Yeah, next year it's all his. Then there's going to be spots to fill. But this year, it's just really tough. I don't think we're going to see him this year, which I'm fine with. He's got time. I would like to see him. Opening day next year. I, I would prefer to see him over Hap in the next start. 
I want hit. I don't want Hap. I don't. That's care. tough to say because I don't Hap care about decently. Last. I don't care about that. Yeah. I don't think it changes much. I think Broke Clock is right twice a day. I, I think he is notoriously good against the Red Sox. He pitched against a bad team. They. But maybe maybe that's the boost he needed. You don't you don't know that. Like one of their best players is a lefty hitter. Endeavors. Like I, I don't think. I think he had a good matchup. He took advantage, and I think. That's it, I, and I don't know. I don't. I don't think he has much to offer. I think Schmidt has so much hype behind him, and I'd like to see that guy toss a toss a few baseballs. If you ask me, I don't know. I'd rather. I personally would rather see him this year than than have. I don't know if that means the next start. I think at some point, maybe once we reach the halfway point, maybe three quarters, see a few more games with have. If you have start shitting the bet against other teams, if he gets a start against, uh, we play the Mets. After the raise, another bad example because he'll go against another. There's only about six or seven more starts left, though. Hap does. I'd rather see. We got got like what? Less than forty games left. I mean, what? At what point are you going to pull him up? I'd rather see Schmidt and four of those. I'd be excited to watch him, but I don't think the smart move would be to pull him up. Yeah, I I don't think it's smart either. (sighs) Don't get me wrong. Excited to watch him throw. Also, Paxton has a higher year, a higher ERA than than uh, Hap. Just going to say that. Yeah, well, maybe next time you will estimate me. That's what Hap said. That's what Hap's saying. Hap's saying that. All right, let's wrap this up. No, that was the end. Oh, I was ending it right there. Cool. Bye. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.